as folks can come on in here. If y'all want to pray, the altar's open. Get a hold of the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bow today. And God, as we meditated and thought on these things throughout this day, Father, thinking about tonight, and God, we come tonight, and we come on purpose. We meant to. And God, we've come tonight to acknowledge Jesus, Savior of the world, the only one that is able or capable or qualified to forgive man of sin. I'm glad that I can come, I believe, in the finished work of Calvary. Glad that the blood of Jesus has never lost its power. Glad there's still power in the blood. I'm glad by the blood of the Lamb of God we've been cleansed from all of our sins. Lord, I'm glad our iniquities and our transgressions have been forgiven. We ask you tonight, God, that you'd lead us in this service. I pray, God, as we enter into this time of worship, as we were challenged last night from the good word of God, Lord, that we are the worship you. Lord, we can't get into your presence without worshiping you. And so, God, we want to do that today. We believe, God, that you're worthy. Lord, we confess our sin, our failures, our shortcomings. Every area of our life that's unlike Christ, we do ask you to forgive us. We ask you, Lord, tonight, God, that you'd help us to fasten our eyes on Jesus, which is the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, we beg you tonight to be with all that's said or done in this place. I pray for the Rogers family. I pray, Heavenly Father, tonight that you'd anoint them with the power of the Holy Ghost, that they'll sing with the glory of the Lord. And I pray that as they sing with the power and the demonstration of the Spirit of God, that we will hear, oh, dear God, from heaven, and that as it saturates us, God, in our spirit, that we may rejoice together. Lord, that we'll be glad and rejoice. Father, what a blessing to be able to bow into your presence and to even ask you to let us get into the glory. I pray, God, that the music would be just right. Every song would be seasoned by the Spirit of God. And then when it comes time for preaching, God, if that would be the direction, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would touch and move in a mighty way. Touch the good man of God. Give him the power. I pray for Miss Robin. I pray, God, tonight you touch and anoint her. God, I pray, Lord, as everything that's done tonight, would you breathe on it, Father? Would you let the wind from heaven blow in this place? I pray that we would experience the fires and the winds of revival. God, the revival of worship. As God, we were challenged on praise last week. 
And God, you said in John 4 that you seek those to worship you. And God, I'm glad we don't have to run to a mountain. I'm glad we don't have to get to a location. But God, it will come and, and God worship you in spirit and in truth. God, you're looking for somebody tonight that would be in this meeting. Oh, God, that would just worship you. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us. God, lead us and guide us and help me as I moderate the meeting. God, I pray for clarity of mind. And Heavenly Father, you know, dear God, the things of life that, Lord, are weighing on our hearts and weighing on our minds tonight. But in the name of Jesus, we ask for the liberty of the Holy Ghost that we'll be able to focus on you. God, we ask you, God, tonight, if there be a stranger to the grace of God, all that have entered into this place tonight, God, they may not even know why they even came, but they just for some reason said, I'm going to church. I'm glad, God, that you work in those kind of conditions. And I pray, God, that they're a stranger. I pray they'll leave here tonight, part of the family. And God, what a joy it would be to see the family enlarged tonight. And God, I pray that the saints of God, we that are saved, God, will get a fresh fire burning. God, help us restore the joy. God, the fire, fan the flames, dear Father. Oh, Lamb of God, we beg you tonight, God, to saturate this place. God, we totally surrender to thee tonight. This is all about you. Lord, we're not here tonight for a show or entertainment, but God, we're here to rave and to celebrate and to brag on Jesus. Oh, God, you even bragged on him, Father, when he came up out of the waters. You've done a little bragging. You said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And so you bragged on him. And so it'd be right and fitting for us to brag on him. And so, God, we want to do that. And, God, we find no fault with him. He's been wonderful and the best friend that I've ever had. God, we ask you tonight now to take over. Leading God, touch Brother Dwayne as he leads the congregation song tonight. And Lord, the musicians as they play, in Jesus' name, we give you glory and honor. In your name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord is so good to us. Let's stand together. Brother Wayne, let's sing a congregation song. We'll start off with one and we'll see where we'll go from there. All righty? I'm going to bet you $100 that's the piano mic. All right. Get your church hymn. Turn with page 125. I pray today I'd be scared by us not to sing this song. I know it's my one of the problems, but I tell you what, the name of Jesus is very popular to me. I love to hear his name tonight. 
Uh, he keeps me singing, page 125. There within my heart a melody, Jesus was so sweet and low. I am with the peace to be still, still, and all I sip and flow. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my Let's do 110. Everybody knows that one, I think. Heaven's Jubilee, G. Some glad morning we shall see Jesus in the air, coming after you and me, joys and our to share. Rejoicing that will be with the saints shall rise. Headed for that jubilee yonder in the sky. Oh, what singing! Oh, what shouting on that happy 
Savior yonder in the skies. Seems that now I almost see all the sainted dead rising for that jubilee that is just ahead in the twinkling of an eye. Change with them. <laughs> all the living saints who fly to that shake hands one with another do that let's greet somebody we won't do much of that throughout the week but we're going to do it tonight shake hands one with another Make your way back to your seats there. Amen. You can be seated now, everybody. What a good blessing it's been to be last week in meeting, dealt with praise, and, and man, we praise the Lord. And then we had a good day yesterday, and thank the Lord for yesterday, but we come back to kick off for the second week of revival meetings and dealing with worship and I certainly do believe that those two are two missing elements in the average church in these last days. There's so much discouragement, so much defeat, and so much depression going around. Folks have forgot that this world's not our home. And uh, we're going home one day, and, and we're going to praise the Lord, and we're going to worship on our way because that's what we're going to be doing uh, in, uh, in eternity. And I'm looking forward to that. I came to church tonight on purpose. I meant to. Amen. I didn't come in by an accident. I really meant to come tonight. Amen. We come to the house of God. We've come to worship. And we're not going to do it by accident. We're going to do it on purpose. Amen. Amen. We're going to intend on doing it. But we're blessed tonight to have the Rogers family, some of my favorite people uh, in all the world. And I appreciate them. And uh, we don't. 
I uh, talk a whole bunch, except when I call to schedule them and talk to them when they come in, but they are some of my favorite people. The old country boy said they some of my favorite writers. And, uh, and I love them, and I appreciate them. They don't like to be bragged on a whole lot, and I know that feeling as well. Sometimes I just rather just crawl up under a rock somewhere. And so, but we're glad to have the Rogers. I want y'all to come on tonight, make yourselves at home, and not listen. Don't get in no hurry. We don't get in a hurry around here. Y'all sing for us. And uh, we just, uh, uh, we're not even geared. If this crowd got out in an hour of starting time, I don't know what they'd do. Die, probably, if they, if they got out of here within an hour of starting time. And so we bless the Lord. Joy bells are ringing in my happy soul today, for I have started in the good old gospel way. Jesus has come into my heart, he's there to stay. Hallelujah, I'm going home. to prepare beautiful home bedecked with jewels rich and rare soon i shall hear the shout that bid me welcome there hallelujah i'm going home
slip away most any day Southern shore I'll find sweet rest beyond the gates forevermore yes I'll rejoice oh praise the Lord some sweet day Lately I have been thinking, dreaming of my home, where many are waiting around the throne. So many have made that trip up on high. Oh, what a glad meeting in the body. Meeting 
watching and waiting, listening for that sound. The blast of the trumpet will be heaven bound, and then we'll go sailing up through the sky. Oh, what a glad meeting in the bar. Safe from the danger. Safe. 
but I know that. I know I'm saved. I know I've been born again. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Appreciate that, Miss Robin. Come here, Miss Robin. I love Miss Robin. I've been trying for the last three months to get her to come move in with us in the apartment. And I ain't got it done yet, but I ain't giving up yet neither. I love Miss Robin. of blood 
he took my sin Amen. and my sorrow Amen. and he made them his very own he bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died Yeah. 
to have Brother Dean back with us for our second week. Brother Dean, glad you had a good, safe trip. Good to be back in the Lord's house. Dr. McNeese. Everybody that loves the Lord, say amen. amen. Take your Bibles and go to Genesis 22. And we will look in Exodus 24 and Joshua 5. Lord, thank you for Calvary. Thank you for what you have done for us. Not unto us, O Lord. Not unto us. But unto thy name. Give glory, O oh Lord God. Speak in these days, Lord. How rich you were last week. You made the services and the studies so rich. And they will last forever. Resume thy work in us, Lord. We'll love you and thank you for it in Jesus' name. All the Lord's people said, thank the Lord. Now, last week we looked at praise. We're under instructions this week to look at worship. Thank the Lord. How y'all doing? Good to see you, friend. God bless you. Rogers, good to see y'all. Some of my favorite, favoriteest people in the world, too. Thank the Lord. And Sister Robin is my little sister. We've been together many, many years. Good to see you, sis. Amen. How you doing, Pastor Hunt? Praise the Lord. I'm looking forward to the looking at worship. Last week <laughs> was absolutely mind-blowing amazing. The presence of the Lord. <laughs> I gave up on carrying hankies. I just go to churches where they have tissues everywhere. <laughs> Fixes everything. 
It was interesting last week. I didn't bring any of my sermons or my outlines. We just looked at the Bible and my own personal. And I never knew that word praise was only twice in Genesis and both times with Judah. So again, this is my 40th year preaching. Don't be too impressed with that. My first revival, I was 16. And uh, Daddy was pastoring in below Cleveland, Tennessee. And uh, an old deacon had an old pastor friend. And anyway, they brought me in. And uh, it was monumental in my life. Really was. Went to Asheville, North Carolina. Preached at the Bingham Heights Baptist Church. Must have been one of the greatest revivals they ever had in that part of the country. Because they didn't need another one from me for seven years. <laughs> that thing must have lasted, boy. And that particular church never needed me again. <laughs> What a meeting that must have been. <laughs> I have no problem seeing the positive. <laughs> the optimist and the pessimist, the difference is quite droll. One sees the donut, and the other sees the hole. <laughs> I'm tearing up the donut. There will be no hole left when I get done. Yeah, must have been a great meeting. <laughs> Nobody needed one from me again till I was in my early 20s. So don't be too impressed. <laughs> but I have the little point I'm making is I didn't bring any of my sermons or outlines from 40 years of studying. Again, I just opened my Bible fresh. I like fresh bread. Can I get a witness? And, and now, if I run back to the cupboard and bring up an old recipe, I'll confess it to you. <laughs> but I looked at the word worship, just like I did a week ago with praise. It was a very simple thought. I won't be long tonight, said the evangelist, who says that a lot. <laughs> and it's never true. So, but I always feel like it is. I feel like I'm telling the truth. When I say that, just three simple thoughts, and here's what's amazing, preacher. Just like I looked up the word praise, and we got caught up with it for five nights with Judah. I looked up the word worship, looked up the word worship, and I figured if we was going to preach, it might be best to preach out of the Bible novel concept, but uh, you know what struck me? You know what struck me yesterday and today as I looked at it? Is that it's associated with three men. Mm. I'm going to go ahead and give you the whole loaf of bread, and then we'll just tear off chunks of it and chew it, okay? 
And uh, I'll probably be done in 20 minutes or 30 or an hour or two hours. Somewhere in there I'm telling the truth. <laughs> Genesis 22. It mentions worship. It's the first mention of worship. I'm going to go ahead and tell you all three thoughts. Then I want to read all three texts and see where the Lord taketh it from there. Okay? This is in mention with Abraham. Now, you're already there, so uh, it's the first mention in your Bible of several things. First mention of worship, first mention of love. There are several words in here where it is first mentioned. It's in verse 5. And Abraham said unto his young men, Huh. Huh. You're going to notice in all three texts, there's young men there. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Now quickly in Exodus, I want you to see all three worships. I want you to see them with your eyes. Uh, I, I believe this is only the... The second mention of worship. Worship's only in Genesis one time. Exodus 24. I'm sorry, I didn't tell you this. Exodus 24. Now we have Abraham back there on Mount Moriah, a picture of Mount Calvary. Now we have Moses on Mount Sinai. Right. In Genesis 22, the lad was given. In Exodus 24, the law is given. In Joshua 5, the land is given. Write that down, young preacher, because I had not thought of that till right now. The Lord didn't give me that till just now. The lad was given. The law was given. Then the land was given. Mm. Exodus 24. Verse 1, and he said unto Moses, come up unto the Lord. Now back yonder with Abraham, there was a small fire built underneath on an altar where the sacrifice would be laid. In Exodus 24, our God is a consuming fire come down from above and just the whole place was covered in a cloud and blackness and darkness and thunderings and lightnings and the people couldn't see. Moses up on that mount for 40 days. This is the beginning of that. He said unto Moses, Come up unto the Lord, thou and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and worship ye... Afar off. Mm-hmm. Second mention of worship. First was with Abraham. Second was with Moses. Let's get the third one in here. So it's Joshua 5. Joshua 5. This is not the third mention of worship. There's a couple of mentions in Deuteronomy in the setting of 
the processes of the daily sacrifices. But in Joshua 5, we come to our third main character where men are worshiping. Then a couple of mentions of worship in Deuteronomy uh, were not men worshiping. It was, it was some instructions on the duties in the, in the temple, the tabernacle. The first three times you see a man worshiping. Abraham, Moses, and now we come to Joshua 5, and they've got on the right side of the Jordan, and they're fixing to take the land. But in verse 13, uh, in verse 14, the captain of the host of the Lord shows up. And in verse 14, answering a question, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord, am I now come? And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship. And said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. Joshua did so. Now, if the Lord will help me to help y'all, isn't church good? Evangelist friend of mine says, church was God's idea, and it was a good idea. And if you having church without love, you ain't having church. We're here because we love the Lord. We're here because we love the brethren. By this shall all men know. We're here because we love the Bible. We're here because we love others. This involves sinners too. We're here because the love of God. We love our God. And he calls his youngins together. I like church. So the Lord will have to help me, and I think he's going to. He's already helping me. Huh? As almost a, that was a pre-lap, a little warm-up, cranky engines. Now, these three are beautiful, and they deserve to be examined, these three mentions of worship. But here's what got big in my heart as I looked. God gave us the first three times that we see a man worship. God showed it to us. And it is Abraham, and it is Moses, and it was Joshua. Backing up, flying at 35,000 feet. You know what I think about these three men? <laughs> Woo! Mm. Abraham, this is just what the Lord put in my heart. Abraham, we see a man worshiping in the context of a man who had been brought out. Y'all got to act a little more religious than that. I, Abraham's whole life was the fact, marked by the fact that the Lord God called him out of Ur of the Chaldees and started something with him. Then Moses, his life is marked by the fact that he was a man that was brought through. 
He's the one that led them through the wilderness. Y'all ain't helping me. Of course, one night a little woman sitting over there said, you ain't helping us. <laughs> she really did. It was a good piece of humble pie. I deserved it. Moses was a man who was brought through. Started when he was born. And he had to make it through the Nile River with the crocodiles and the Egyptians. Woo! And then he was, he was brought through 40 long years after his 41st years. 40 long years on the backside of a desert. But thank God then there was 40 years in the wilderness. Y'all would have to agree with me, he was a man that was brought through. But he got stopped short. Because the law never could bring you over. <laughs> What's out now, Kentucky? John 1, 17, for by Moses came the law, but by Jesus Christ came grace and truth. And the third man we see with worship in his life, if Abraham is known by how he was brought out, Moses is known by how he was brought through, Joshua's whole story was how he was brought over. I didn't make it up. It was in the Bible. That's the first three men with worship in their life. And I want to say that uh, I looked up the word worship and Noah Webster's today, and there's 15 definitions. Boy, to fall down and to adore and to prostrate yourself before and lay down before and, of course, went to the good Mr. Strong over there in his little Greek study, he said, as when a dog licks the hand of his master, amen. Why would you, why would you recognize you're just an old dog and will it, thank God for the crumbs and lick the hands that gave them to you? And why would you fall on your face and thank him and praise him and adore him? I tell you why, because he brought me out. <laughs> And I'll tell you why, because he brought me through. I may run when I get to that part, kind of planning on it, in the flesh or out of the flesh, I don't give a rip. Mm. And then, and then why, would I, why would I lick my master's hands like an old dog and bow down before him? Because he brought me over. Ooh-wee. Ooh-wee. Go back to Genesis 22. We'll comment on all three probably. And then well, that'll be the deal tonight. Hallelujah. Glory. While you're going back to Genesis 22, Sister Robin, been thinking about you, watching you sing by yourself this year. It's a brand new thing. I've seen pictures when it was four of you. Your mama's mama. And you your older sister and your mama, and then I met y'all when it was three of you. There in Chattanooga, Tom Hayes meeting. Yeah, and I levitated on the back row. That's <laughs> the first time I'd heard them. I was in a low place and just 
left my church and my life and everything, you know. And uh, living in an angle-wide trailer, that thing was so narrow and rusty, the S fell off the front of it. It wasn't even a single-wide. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I said, when did y'all haul this trailer in here? They said, we never did. Somebody dropped some rusty bolts in here, and it rained, and this thing grew up right here. It just <laughs> Went over there to Chattanooga to the Temple Baptist Church on Rossville Boulevard, and there three... Little old poor-looking women, didn't look wealthy, looked poor from Alabama. Went up there and stood and started singing. I levitated on the back row. I'm teasing, I think. But <laughs> Woo! I was caught up between the worlds. Mm. And then that day we buried your older sister. Y'all gave me her one of her Bibles, and that's the one I take on my overseas mission trips. It says, Lori Henderson, and, and me and Lori's preached in five <laughs> continents, amen. <laughs> and then it was you and your mom, and then I watched you push the wheelchair in there, the cancer, and then, and then it was you. <laughs> I'm amazed the Lord's given you strength. It's really amazed me the kind of strength he's given you. <laughs> Ain't that a blessing? Here in a little while, we'll all be reunited again. <laughs> Woo! But until then... My heart will go on singing. Until then, I'll carry on. Until the day. Well, bless the Lord. I gave you time to go back to Genesis 22. Are you there? Let's comment on the three of them again. Ready? Let's just comment on the three of them. And we need to, and we need to praise God. I never did tell y'all how to last week. We just did it all week. <laughs> I never even told you what praise was. Y'all seem to have about three truckloads of it. I figured you didn't need to know. <laughs> Woo! Hey, Lord. And if you didn't have worship in your hearts, you wouldn't be here on the Monday night, week two. Bless the Lord. Amen. Let's just comment on all three again. Aren't you glad he brought you out? I'm going to go down in these scriptures just a bit. We'll drop a bucket in just a couple times, pull up a drink. But before we do that, let's thank God that he brought us out. I'm glad he brought me out. Amen. You've got to be saved. There is no second generation Christian. There's only first-generation Christians. You must be born again, whether your mom and daddy was or not. There's not third-generation Christians. Every generation's got to be first-generation salvation and first-generation revival. If you don't have it, then you won't have it. Amen. 
You say, well, do I need to pass it on? I don't know if you can or not. They got to choose Christ. I need a little help right there. In the book of Judges, it was off and on. A generation would have the Lord, a generation would forsake the Lord. A generation would repent, a generation would apostatize, a generation would repent. It was a seesaw, the entire book of Judges, between the generations. You go look at the kings in 2 Kings and Chronicles, and it was the same thing. 30 years a godly king, 40 years a bad king, 40 years a good king, 20 years a bad king, 30 years. It's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I believe if you walk with Christians from the 1900 to the 2020, I believe if you'd have been a fly on the wall every couple of decades, you'd have seen it. I believe God got a generation saved in the 40s. And the roaring 50s, they had to wait until the end of the 60s. And then God got a harvest in the 60s. And then it may have been the 80s and 90s and things really petered out. I need a little help right there. And now we're just heading over for the rapture. That last generation, I don't know if it has a revival again of a generation. I want to stop and say, thank God I'm glad he brought me out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. My daddy's side was the quarrels. His mama was a saved woman. One of 13 children. Two died as infants. So there was 11 of them. And, uh, there was so much moonshine and killing up in the mountains of L.J., Georgia, where you go for your apple festival, that my grandfather moved down. He said, I've lost my two oldest boys to honky-tonk. And we're leaving these woods before they all moonshine murder each other. And he was going to come down, and they's going to live on bread and milk. They had an old milk cow. This is Great Depression time. The cow died on the way down the mountain and they lived on bread and water for two years. I asked my grandmother, brothers in World War II and Great Depression and spent over half her life bent over chopping, hoeing cotton and working the sweatshop factories of Dalton, Georgia. Sadly married to a drunk. Rough life. I said, Grandma, how come you didn't have a nervous breakdown? My generation spills McDonald's coffee and has a nervous breakdown, has to go on pills for six months. The video game, the joystick, is there a joystick anymore? The, the, I don't know, that was the Atari. <laughs> that was berserk. The joystick breaks and they need pills for two years. Y'all ain't helping me. I said, Grandma, why didn't you ever have a nervous breakdown? I was young, and I didn't just, just whatever came out of my mouth. I was thinking on the hard life. I said, why didn't you ever have a nervous breakdown? She said, son, I was too tired. <laughs> What's wrong with our generation? Don't sleep at night. There's lights. There's electricity. Amen. You don't work in the day. We do everything but actual work. 
We're full of the chemicals we're breathing in and we, we can't detox. Nobody sweats. Go down to the gym and fake work. Go down there with a bunch of other semi-naked people that you ain't married to. I need a little help. I'm old-fashioned. I can't. Come on now. There ain't no Christian woman needs to be in yogurt britches down there. Riding the bike and other men in there looking at their biceps and your wife. Help me now. Help me now. You want to work out? I need a fence at my house. Bring some post hole diggers. We'll get a good sweat going. I need a witness. Jennifer's wishing I would get that good sweat going and put that fence in for her. Oh, my. I'm sorry. This is just part of it. And, uh, oh, Lord, they come down. They come down the mountain. And uh, one of my great-great-grandfathers and an old preacher took a shovel and dedicated the Dogwood Valley Baptist Church. Amen. Several generations of it. Them quarrels were moonshine and murdering. But two of my ancestors... I'm talking about glad I came out. They're they going to take the buck wagon and go to town. And took a couple of days to get to town and get three months supplies of flour and sugar and stuff like that. And they come out in a little opening there was a meadow. And there was a crazy man. Back then they had lunatic asylums and if you're crazy they just put you in it and they thought he was a lunatic and as they got closer they was going to be careful one of them drew his gun and they had to go through that meadow where he was cutting up and carrying on by himself way up in the mountains but as they went through as they went through he wasn't crazy he was he was having a Holy Ghost time by himself. He was preaching. He was the only fellow there, and he was preaching. And he was shouting, and he couldn't be still about it. He was cutting up and carrying on as the story came through the years of our family. And they said that my two ancestors going through that meadow, rode into that meadow, lost moonshiners, and came out under conviction. And they both got saved. Within two weeks of coming back from town, they went and found a preacher and got saved. And from there on, there has been wave after wave of salvation and preachers being called in our family. I'm not a Calvinist. I believe in more than the sovereignty of God. I believe it bigger than sovereign. Sovereign's too little of a word. Calvin was wrong on all five of his doctrines. He only believed four of them. <laughs> I don't believe none of them. But God's real big and he's running this whole thing. He died for everybody. Anybody can get saved if they want to. And, and they could if they would and they should. And if they don't, it's because they won't. You'll never show me nothing else in the gospel. 
But God, God has strange movements. And he'll just step in where he wants to sometimes. He stepped in that meadow and pulled us out of hell. <laughs> Amen. Thank God they got under old-timey conviction. I think the reason you don't hear about that kind of conviction anymore is because we're in an hour where iniquities abound and the love of many is waxed cold. The harlots took over the bride and we got more of a harlot church than we do a bride church. Thank God for a man ain't hunting a bigger, better. He didn't come here climbing the ladder unless you want to count Jacob's ladder. Amen. Thank God for some folk that love the Lord. Can I get a witness? Amen. Brother Rogers, I done told you youngins there a few months ago, stick with the old stuff. <laughs> It'll be on them to do it, but I think they're going to because they love the Lord. <laughs> Amen. You girls just get a little bit, son, of what your grandma's got, and you'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, hallelujah. Mother's Day, I heard the most beautiful sermon by a preacher the day after Mother's Day at a preacher's fellowship. I'm talking about I'm glad he brought us out. He preached on Timothy, the unfeigned faith. When I see your tears, Timothy, it reminds me of the faith that dwelt in your mother and your grandmother. And he named them both. The apostle knew. I wonder if Timothy's grandmother fed him. Wonder if she told him about, wonder if she told Paul things about Jesus. <laughs> that he didn't know that she did. <sighs> oh, we, I'm glad that I came out. My, them quarrels come down. They come down and settle Dogwood Valley Baptist Church. There's a cousin of mine right now, Jeremiah Quarles. He's my second cousin. He's pastoring the old home church now. And uh, and my, hey, hey, preacher, men of God. And my boy, my preacher boy, has been sweetheart with my daddy's pastor's great-granddaughter. I like that kind of stuff. Heritage. I'm glad we came out. I told you you got to be first generation, but there is a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Roy Gentry pastored that church 55 years. The last person he baptized in 55 years was my boy. And he stood in the baptistry. The old Marine, the steps go down, I mean 30 steps steep and narrow. And our old man of God 
legs had been dying on him, vessel problems, artery problem. He'd been falling. He's went to heaven now. He couldn't walk, only come to church on Sunday mornings. My boy had been saved. You know how my boy got saved? He got saved by the marvelous, glorious grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he got saved. <laughs> Amen. My boy's been brought out. Yeah. And I went in the back with him, and my boy was a little fella. And the old man of God, it was just me and the preacher, my daddy's preacher. My grandpa's preacher, my grandma's preacher, and my great-grandfather's preacher. And old, we were the only ones back there. I said, let me help you, preacher. He's an old Marine. He karate chopped my arm. <laughs> Boy, there wasn't no effeminacy around, allowed around that old man of God. Boy, that was the end of that. And I watched him crawl. Took him a while. Painful. Nobody back there. It was all down there. Nobody could see it. And he crawled. Took him a while. And he grunted. The old man groaned and grunted and crawled. <laughs> and then he got down in that, he got down in the liquid grave, the old cold death waters of the Jordan. Baptized three or four, and got my boy in there. And he paused. And he put his hand on my boy's shoulder and just pulled him up for a minute, and he talked to the church about what they had been and what they better be when he's gone. And he stood there in the midst of the Jordan for about 12 minutes and put the challenge on the church. Holding my boy the whole time. Nobody else probably meant nothing to him. They were just looking at him. But all I was looking at was him holding my boy. Standing in them death waters, fixing to make the cross in himself. <laughs> With his hands on my boy, gave the church their last address what we have been and what we better be in the future. That little talk should have went to a whole bunch of these in our generation. Oh my. I'm glad he brought me out. Glad he brought me out. Hallelujah. Amen. Mm. I'm glad he brought me through. Lord brought you through anything. In the summer, God filled me with the Holy Ghost. Probably got regenerated that summer. Somebody said, when did you get saved? Well, I came to the Lord when I was nine. I was scared of hell. <sighs> Holy Ghost came to me when I was 13 and showed me heaven. When did you get saved? When I was a boy. Thank you. Oh, oh, don't you need to know? Don't you need to know? Don't you? Yep, I know. What well, well, do you know when? I ain't read that verse. 
Do you know where? Never read that verse. Well, do you know what? Never read that verse. Do you know how? Never read that verse. Never read, for I know when. Never read, I am persuaded. For I know where. Oh, this is messing up y'all family Bibles and testimonies and everything. <laughs> Sorry about that. My Bible said, for I know whom I have believed. I don't give a cheap flip-flop from a Kmart blue light sale. If I got saved at 9 or at 13, I couldn't care less. I got saved. I never read that I need to know where, need to know when. Oh, this is messing up everything. I came to him when I was about nine, sitting in a revival in my dad's church, and the man preached on hell. I was shaking, scared. Seemed to be a natural fear. Don't know if it was a fear of God or fear of sin. Could have been, don't know. I ain't worried about it. I walked up to the altar, went past the altar, went to my dad's pastor's chair, and I said, oh, God. He said, just pointed at the chair. I knelt down, prayed something or another, went outside and shuffled gravel in the parking lot. A little bit embarrassed. Now, I was 13 sitting over there, on a Thursday night at Bible camp, Dogwood Valley Baptist Church. What about the Lord let me be there? We never was at our home church. Dad went to pastor when I was two. I lived everywhere but where we're from. <laughs> exactly right. Lived in Missouri and Idaho, Tennessee. I moved back home when I was 30 and people's coming up. Hey, I changed your diaper. I said, it's awkward to bring up right now. I prefer to know one of your names first or last before we talk about my diapers. <laughs> Who are you? I'm your second cousin. Oh, hey, good to meet you. <laughs> A lot of preacher's kids are like military brats. We're ministry brats. We don't know where we're from. We just know where we're going. <laughs> but the Lord let us be there that summer, and I sat right there over there, and the Holy Ghost said, hey, thump, thump, huh? I went to the altar, wasn't crying, wasn't worked up, went to the altar, knelt down. Honestly, I said, Lord, you told me to come down here, here I am. Just a matter of fact, and I had my mind on the hot dog. They said, we've roasted hot dogs, and we got yellow French's mustard. A little chili, a little onion, a little yellow mustard. Ketchup if you want. It don't get no better. That's worth fighting for. Hot dog, Chevrolet, and apple pie. I will, I will kill terrorists, Russians, Muslims, anybody. Just, just for the hot dogs and Chevrolets. It's enough. That's enough. I had my mind on that hot dog. 
apple pie. Leave that apple pie. And I really would. I laid on that altar. I said, Lord, you told me to come down here. And I was thinking about that hot dog. It was 9 o'clock at night. I was hungry. The Lord said, I want you to be a preacher. In my soul. Still small voice. I can't explain it to you. And I wasn't all spiritual. I wasn't worked up. I wasn't crying. I didn't start shouting. I just said, I was thinking about being a fireman. <laughs> That's how it happened. He never said nothing else. And in a minute I said, okay. Yeah. Okay. And I stood up. And old brother Gentry flagged my dad out of hell in 66 in that spot. This was in 82. He'd got my grandpa and great uncles out before he ever got my dad. He's standing there in 82. There was 200 of us boys stretched on them altars that night. I stood up. Going to go get my hot dog. Wasn't going to be a fireman. Going to be a preacher. But I needed to go get a hot dog. And old brother Gentry said, Boys, stay way out of there. Stay down there. So I said, hot dog's on delay. I grew up, watch this, being obedient to all my elders. If you got a whipping, if you didn't, never crossed my mind. Boy, stay down there. And I just stayed down there. And in a little while, the other 200 were all standing. I'm going to get my hot dog in a minute. That's my daddy's old preacher up there. We're going to get a hot dog in a minute. And the old man of God started on this wall. Poteet! There's a boy there named Chris Poteet. And I'm not trying to be funny right here, Pastor. He weighed about 500 pounds. And he had a couple of gland problems. He, he died about four years later from that night. He didn't live long. He was about 21. And, I'm, and please, I'm not making fun. It's just down in my soul. He was so big that his arm, it wouldn't hang, you know, his arms hung out over his, of the side. And he had to walk like this. And Brother Gentry said, Poteet! Because he was the first one going down the line. He was on that wall. I'm right there. What happened to you, boy? And I just... I can see it right now. He done like that. And, when he, and big old tears. He was from a broken home. He said, the Lord just saved me. And his tear dripped into my soul. I was looking at him. And the liquid love, the hot fire, the love... His tears dripped in my soul and something in me, the Holy Ghost. And I got the cassette tape. There was two old deacons on the front, Ken Dorsey and Benny Roberts. And they taped it and they kept flipping the tape on them old black cassette tape player. Took about six tapes to get that service in. It went to 2.30 in the morning. 
And I got the tape in my safe at home where Brother Gentry said, Dean, Dean, what you going to do? I'm going to be a preacher. That's what the tape sounded like. Yeah, you're going to preach, Dean? Uh-huh. And to the next boy. And I don't know what happened down through there because we all ended up back over here. And from 9.15 to 2 in the morning, God rolled through that place and he wouldn't quit. I preached at midnight that night in the old arbor. 20 boys had went a half a mile preaching on the hard road. There was so much God, cars were pulling over at midnight and standing outside their cars and letting the boys have church. They were running on the hills. They were running on the hills. Old boy named Rex Eisenhower, he was chasing one of the pastor's daughters. Didn't have cell phones in those days. He pulled up a midnight shift, one of the carpet, one of the carpet plants. He pulled up at midnight. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not making none of this, not none of this up. I saw this. Nobody told him anything was happening. He pulled up in his truck in the middle of all this. And when he opened the door, God hit him. He'd been drinking. He, he was a rough fellow. He, I mean, he was a good guy, but he'd never been saved, wasn't raised in church. He'd been coming to church a little while, chasing Rhonda Sue. And when he opened the door, God hit him like a wave. Brother Rogers, I saw this. He fell. Like he slid out of the truck and went right to his knees. I said, nobody told him nothing. There was no, no, he'd been at work, he pulled up in the parking lot, and then God slammed into him. And he's, bam, hit both his knees and 40 of us. And he got saved. One of my friends of this day, about five years older than me, I won my first person to the Lord that night. Lee Weaver. The weavers were a bunch of jailbirds from Tunnel Hill, just like my daddy's people was. The McNeeses in Walker County and the weavers come around the corner there one day and it was a, not a gang fight, but it was the weavers and everybody else and shovels and bats and 20 of us. And Dad pulled up right in the middle of it and got out and helped a lot of situations. But... <laughs> And them Weaver boys, oh, Philip Weaver was a, just got out of prison, and Randy was a little older than me, and Adam younger. I took Adam later that summer. Oh, me and him walked to a tent meeting where Sammy Allen was preaching. I took him to a tent meeting. We walked. And Brother Allen throwing chairs over and got over and got him and shaking him, preaching to him. And Adam resisted with devils and hardened. Went to prison and then killed himself. Adam did. And, uh, but Lee was my exact age. He was tall, blonde-headed, skinny. And all this was going on. God everywhere. And he was back there white-knuckling. I won my first sinner to the Lord. I seen him back there. 
By this time, I was done caught up to the third heaven. I didn't want a hot dog, and I wasn't worried about hell. I just seen my friend and white knuckling and weeping in a bad family, man. And I had the most wonderful family. And there I went, boy, I can see. And I, he was about right there, and I did this. I said, Lee, come down here, man. Let Jesus save you. Come on. He cried hard and held it. I said, come on, Lee. Let Jesus save you. He'll help you, man. He said, okay. And he came. I won my first person to the, brought my first person to Jesus. I was addicted. From then on, addicted to bringing people to Jesus. I'm glad he brought me out. Oh, Lee, the altar got gloriously saved. We all cheered like it was the Super Bowl, Six Flags, and Disney World all wrapped up in one. Only a whole lot better. A friend of mine tried to compare shouting at a Clemson game to shouting in heaven. I just jumped all over it. In church. Nah, that ain't right. <laughs> Before I knew it, somebody was chewing him out. It was me. I said, that ain't right, friend. I said, they scream in that stadium, but they shout in heaven. Don't even act like it's even the same thing. It's two different worlds. They scream in hell, but they shout in heaven. The shouting in the Holy Ghost is different than screaming in hype. Don't even compare. And quit fussing at people. Well, y'all shout at a ball game, but they won't holler down. It's two different things. Obviously, you don't even know what you're talking about. That's two different worlds. They're, they're not analogical. You shouldn't compare them. There's no analogy there. There's no comparison there. There's no contrast there. One's light and one's darkness. One's God and one's Satan. I watch every Georgia Bulldog game I can. I get Diet Coke and boil peanuts and have fun with my family on Saturday. And then I tell them, y'all know that meant nothing except the fact we were together. That means nothing. Amen. Nothing. Well, it means a little something when Georgia beats Clemson. I mean, just a little, just a little something. But and then, and then if it, yeah, I will, I will, I, I will, I will get happy. But the rest of y'all are backslid, not, but, but not me for what I do. I'm glad he brought me out. Glad he brought me out. We're fixing to just give an altar call and thank God for saving sinners. First time I found worship in the Bible, it was the man that he brought out. He brought him out. God saved my daddy. In the Dogwood Valley Baptist Church in 1966. His dad was a drunkard and a bad, bad stuff. 
had another family on the other side of the mountain. They didn't know it till they were all grown. That bottle, sin, sin don't quit. I'm nervous about preachers that love to talk about their past life of sin. My dad never would. I, I, I had to hear the stories from my Uncle Johnny, my great Aunt Betty, my Aunt Susan, my Aunt Marjorie, Dad's first cousin, Michael. I don't think I ever heard one story from Dad. He won't talk about that old life of sin. Left his daddy in the middle of the hard road when he was dead was six, 16. He was pretty sure he was going to kill his mom that night. The beating was so bad. He was a 16-year-old boy. Dad had a barrel chest and big arms. And he fought his drunken dad out into the hard road and left him unconscious. You won't never hear my dad tell that. It would upset him if he was hearing me tell it. Left him in the hard road unconscious. Hoping somebody run over him and kill him. Folks, the wages of sin is death. And death is very dark and very ugly. These boys bragging on their tattoos. And they was a Harley this and Harley that. You be real careful. If you're telling that, make sure you're taking everybody to Calvary real quick. Don't take me to your old bar. Take me to the old cross. If we got to go by the bar for a minute and just peek in there and thank God that you ain't there no more, then let's get on to Calvary. Don't take me in the bar and act like you still want to be a bad hombre. That macho stuff has no place. Real men ain't that weak. Anybody can cuss. Anybody can lose their temper. Anybody can slap a woman. Anybody can cave in to the temptations and let, let sin run your life. Takes a man to repent. Takes a man to go find God. Takes a man to go to work every day and go home every night. My daddy had come out of Germany, come out of the army bar room well a fight outside of a bar and lead pipe and they busted both sides of his jaw nearly killed two or three times just trying to jump into hell hated his dad and didn't know his father he came back and on a Thursday night his mama's prayers and grandma's prayers caught up with him on old Highway 41, right below Chattanooga. He was doing 85 in a 62 Chevy Impella in 1966, and the Holy Ghost pulled him over. Dad can't explain it. He didn't know God. said God moved in the car with him. Frightened him so bad, he slid off the road and just trembled. He said God was sitting in the front seat with him. And dad was sure that God had came to kill him. And he just, and he didn't know to be saved. He didn't know how to be saved. 
He just said, God, please don't kill me. Come to kill him. He said, I promise God the only, I've only heard him tell this in church once. Then just preach the Bible. Get right, get baptized, tithe. Simple. Why ain't you serving God? And how come ain't nobody cut the church lawn? That was dad's message. Simple man. and Had preachers all over the nation. He's had fruit all over the world. Simple country preacher. Turned several worlds upside down. All four of his boys preached. Both of his daughters are in full-time ministry. Because that morning, that Thursday night, he said, Lord, if you'll let me live to Sunday, I'll go to church with Mama. Came in and sat on the back row back there. And old brother Gentry, 400 people in there. Virginia! <laughs> Unique altar call. <laughs> you better get down here and get saved before God kills you, boy. But he had done got the kids up, told all the children, sang to the soldier boy just back from Germany. And they sang, Jesus loves me. Daddy said he didn't know that. Said it went through his heart like an arrow. And he still didn't know what to do until Brother Gentry told him, Get down here. <laughs> Let God save you before he kills you. Daddy tried, but he couldn't. Took one step and collapsed. <laughs> Passed out under so much conviction from Thursday to Sunday. An old deacon and his best friend, Rudy, who had gotten saved while he was in the army, they came back and they drug him. One under each arm. Didn't even, didn't even resuscitate him. Drug him. Dead in there, toes dragging. Slumped him on the altar. Dad said, Dad said, God saved me for 45 minutes. He said he thrashed and kicked and coughed up more devils and more depravities. And Daddy said, when I stood up and turned around, he said, it's just like he'd been so ashamed being the drunkard's son, never having shoes, dropped out of school, 14 schools by the sixth grade. Running from the law or running from the landlord or running from the locals. And Dad said, Them people, he was so ashamed to ever look at him during his life. So he said, When I stood up, looked at them all, he said, They were all coming like this. <laughs> and Daddy said, I felt like a baby right out the womb when all the family. Is coming in to hold the new baby. <laughs> he stood there. Become the song leader. He didn't know any song. Brother Gentry said, You raise your hand, we'll take it from there. He said, Then you do your hand in the shape of a cross. It works for every song. 
three, four, 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 six, four, five. It works for every song. Did it raise his hand and them old women paid 57? Did they paid 57? And he learned the song behind the pulpit. Dad said the first time he looked at the words Amazing Grace, he had to stop everybody. He didn't think they knew what it actually said. He said, hey, everybody stop. <laughs> Amazing Grace. He'd always thought it was maze. Like he was in a maze. Amazing Grace. Strange to him. He looked down there and it was amazing. He said, whoa, 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 everybody. It is amazing. He was amazed at amazing grace for 20 minutes. I'm glad he brought me out. First three men, God, God shows us worshiping. One of them was brought out. One of them was brought through. One of them was brought over. I close with one Bible study, one nugget, one nugget. Look at your worship verse. Is it five? Okay. You got the resurrection and the crucifixion on either side of it. I'll be done in two minutes. I said, Lord, you got them flipped. Now these, a lot of preachers and a lot of God's people. The typologies and the pictures here, you could preach Genesis 22 until, un, until next Easter and not get it preached. But look at the previous verse. Does it say something about the third day? Uh-huh. Yeah, there's your resurrection. Uh-huh. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes. There's resurrection. Then the following verse 6 is crucifixion. I said, Lord, earlier today I said, Lord, you got them in the wrong place. See, verse 6, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, laid it upon Isaac's son, took the fire in his hand and a knife. They went both of them together. Now there's the cross, crucifixion. I said, Lord, you got the resurrection before the worship verse and the crucifixion after. I told the Lord that earlier today. Y'all believe me? <laughs> Don't tell people I was telling the Lord that. I said, Lord, you got that thing. And he reminded me that from where he's standing, And that was the whole, that's what he named the place when it was done, Jehovah Jireh, in the man of the Lord it shall be seen. He sees his works in the end from the beginning. What does Genesis 1 say? Several times. Does it say in the morning and the evening? It says in the evening and the morning. God sees the end. Before the beginning. Because that's where he went. He went to our end. He's done been there and fixed everything. He turned around and looks back at it. And he sees the beginning way back there. And he's down there waiting on us to get to where we're already at. 
Genesis 1. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Huh? Jews still honor that system. I asked the Lord one time, why did you put it in there? And the Lord said, because I always start at the end and take you to the beginning. I'll move in when the thing's shutting down. And then when I get done, it's all opening up. <laughs> your Bible does. Page two of your Bible, we're in sin and death and darkness. And it's over. But by the time you get to the end of your Bible, we're stepping out into a brand new eternal morning that never ends. <laughs> he does that with your life. He did mine. Mine was over. And he stepped in and said, I'll take it from here. And I'm headed to the beginning. Y'all know when we step on the other side, it's glorified bodies and a brand new morning where the sun, there is no sun. There is no night. Oh, my. Resurrection. Crucifixion. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that. Why is the resurrection before the crucifixion in this thing right here? And the Lord said, because that's how I saved you. Resurrected you and then teach you how to live the crucified life. That night he resurrected me. Then he's been taking me to the cross ever since, teaching me how to walk with me. Huh? I close with this. We'll spend the next three nights talking about these three men. Isn't it interesting? It's the first mention of love. Hollywood's got it wrong. Love's not... Love's not two people crawling in bed together and having relations what Hollywood says love is and ain't even worried about getting married just get in bed that's Hollywood very interesting first definition of love it's not a man and his wife it's not a mother and her baby It's not two 19-year-olds or 21-year-olds that fall in love. Two little sweethearts. It's not a grandma and six grandkids. First, first mention of love is a father and his son. Because that's all there was. Before time began. The father and his son. Don't feel, don't feel bad, dear ladies. You're sitting there like, well, where am I in this? God loved his son, Adam, so much that he gave him the best thing he could ever think of. Gave him a bride. Gave him a wife. 
Don't feel like you're left out in this father-son thing because you were the greatest gift ever given. And he loves his son Jesus so much, one day he's going to give him a bride. And children, don't feel like you ain't in the love thing because you was the love thing. Two should be one flesh. You're the one flesh. You're the actual product of that. The father giving the son a bride. And me and you are the product of God giving his son. Worship, love. We're going we're gonna to dig in this the next few nights. He brought us out. You ever see what he brought you up under? You'll fall down and worship him. Mm. I need to tell y'all one more little thing. Y'all doing all right? People that don't like church didn't come. My dad got that worship in him. God brought him out. He's been the worshiping man ever since. The other morning, I don't even know if you'll get this. That great man of God, my daddy, went on a 50-year ministry. Humbled himself, worshiped the other day. He got COVID. He's 77. He'd been fearing it, been kind of fearing that it might kill him. Went two years without getting it. And it got bigger in his head the more he went without getting it. He didn't say that, but we, I figured it all out. So I went up to see him. Mom was just getting over COVID. They only had it about four days and just had a mild cold. We was all thankful for that. I will go find me some Chinese communists to whoop somebody. And turns out they're all, you know, congressmen up there in D.C. Don't get me started. Take me to Waffle House for this conversation. It's, <laughs> it's going to be part Christian and part patriotic. And <laughs> there's them two very. Just thinking out. <laughs> I went up on the porch. And I said, Dad, let me pray with you before I go. And that great man of God got fruit all over the world. He just humbled down next to me. Hit his hands like a child. <laughs> I'm standing there next to my father. Great man. Just humbled down. He said, the Lord's will be done. Amen. That love between the Father and the Son. Hallelujah. Oh, by the way, you're now a son and he's your father. You gals too. Sons and daughters. Let's all stand. Would y'all come, Sister Rogers?
It don't have to be an altar call song. It can be a worship song. You want to find you someplace and just thank the Lord that he, that he brought you out. Wouldn't hurt you to come and sit on this front bench or come and kneel on it. Thank the Lord. He brought you out. Hallelujah. My, my. Hallelujah. Go ahead and sing for us, sis. What a blessing. Glory. If you need to be saved, you can be. Yeah. by the shores of Galilee when Jesus touched those blinded eyes and made them see and though I did not see the empty tomb that day I still believe wants to bring you out tonight. Why don't you come? He wants to bring you out. Yes. You say, preacher, you don't know what I've done. No, nah, but he does. He'll bring you out no matter what you've done, where you've done it. Just slip out and come. This is your night. night he'll bring you out he'll save your soul tonight write your name down in heaven
Heads bowed, eyes are closed. I believe somebody's on the verge. Getting born again. Going to wait just a moment. I'm not going to drag this thing out. Preacher said it right. If you want to get saved, you can. And if God wasn't dealing with you, you wouldn't want to get saved. You wouldn't even have that thought on your mind. What about it? What about it? Oh, thank God he brought me out. She's going to say one more verse and then we'll be done. I'll keep my word. If you don't come, we'll be done. She'll sing one more verse. He'll change your life. He'll make heaven over at the house. your sins away tonight yes God bless you. Thank you for being here tonight. Brother Dean, thank you so much for that. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I agree 100% what the good man of God said about this. People better be careful building a ministry around their old lifestyle. I'm leery of that stuff myself. I'd rather you book me to come tell you about Jesus, not come tell you where I've been. That's exactly right. I'd rather to come here about what Jesus has done. And that ain't no throw off on nobody. Everybody's got to plow their own road. And uh, But I'll tell you one thing, brother, and I think it was Spurgeon. I read behind him a lot. Now, that tears some folk nerves up, but not really because most folk don't even know nothing about him. Uh, but he said, it don't matter where you take a text or wherever you get started, get to Calvary just as fast as you can. That's what he said. Don't make no difference. 
where you start or what you preach, get to Calvary just as fast as you can. We're not too careful, friend. We'll, we'll make sin look too glamorous. And it'll cause these young people to want to go out there and get a little taste of it. I'd just rather kids just go ahead and get right with God and stay right with God and don't have to get in the mud hole to find out the water's dirty. It's been good to be here. I'm sure you enjoyed the Rogers family. They always bless my heart. Miss Robin, bless my heart. Appreciate you so very much. Want y'all to be back tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, and we'll come back in for round two of the second week. Amen. And I bless the Lord for his goodness and his mercy, and I thank God for what he's doing and on praise and what he's doing on worship. Amen. We're not going to pass the offering pans, but if you want to put something in the offering pans, come and do it. And that way you can't go out and say, we fleeced you for money. If you come and bring it, you've done it of your own free will. And I trust that you would exercise your free will and bring bring in an offering and put it in the pans. Amen. Exercise your free will in the name of Jesus. Amen. I tell you what, let me change that because I know how rebellious you are. I dare you to put any money in it. I dare you to put any money in it, you rebellious. I dare you. You better not put no money in this offering pan. I'll show you preach, I'll put $100 in it. You better not. Ain't God good to us. I appreciate it. Amen. Let's look to the Lord and we'll be dismissed in prayer and and we thank God, get around to the singer, shake hands with them, get Brother Dean, shake hands with him, and uh, shake hands one with another, and then be back. Good to have my good friend, Miss Marty, and her husband with us. <laughs> Joe, come here and dismiss us in prayer. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you tonight. God, thank you for the wonderful word. Father, we pray as we come to you, Lord, if there's one here tonight that has not decided to follow you, Lord, I pray that you'll continue, Lord, to work on their heart. Father, don't let them put it off too long, but God will be waiting for the good news that, Father, they've made things right. Lord, I pray you'll touch every family here and bring us back tomorrow night, Father, as we do our best, Lord, to spend our days and our hours in worship and praise and following you and all that you've laid before us. What a blessing it is to be a child of king in these days that we're in. The world says it's all gone south and they're all running scared. But God, we're looking to heaven tonight and knowing that any day, Father, we're going to go home. Lord, what a blessing it is, Father, to be a child. We ask you now to to have your way in every heart and life and bring us back tomorrow, we pray in Jesus' name and amen. amen.